Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this. And I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Tee Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Friday Series Episode 15. So this week I'm going to review two episodes, the last two, that have been on the Monday. And I've got to talk a little bit about Nimbin in Vietnam and Brunei. They popped up on a few questions on my social media this week and also memories on Facebook. And then I'm going to quickly touch on female solo travelling tips. Even though I'm not a female, I'll share what I've learnt and maybe some episodes that I've discussed it on which you can check out. First of all, episode 90 from Paige McClanahan. It was a fantastic episode. She's a fantastic journalist. And I loved hearing about all the different types of topics that she cover. And she really got started in a unique way in journalism because she didn't go to journalism school. She was living abroad in Africa and realizes a niche there or a gap there for journalism and started to write, started to pitch some stories and started to get stuff out there. And luckily she took that leap and it's gone well for her. And I do like the topics that she does cover. We also talk about expat life that she's living in France right now in the French Alps and she lived in five other countries to date and she described some of the assignments that she's been on and also we talk about great coffee amongst other travel subjects so it's a really good episode if you're looking into female traveling traveling as a family travel journalism living as an expat abroad as well we cover a lot of topics within that one funny assignment that I liked was her profiling the guy who created paragliding and she had to profile him and paraglide at the same time. So she's up there, I think it's in France, jumping off of things with him. I think he's into his 70s now, so yeah, he's still doing it. So she's trying to write, trying to learn who he's about and do paragliding at the same time. So she said it's quite a fun, interesting assignment. So you should check that out on the podcast episode. She talks about that in good detail. And also... The guests on Paige's podcast are very diverse. This week's especially is about um, a travel tour guide in Afghanistan, a female tour guide that is. So you should check that out. I'm definitely going to check it out. And I think that's a great conversation to have and listen to. So I can't wait to check that out. One of my favourite little topics on the episode was we covered the idea of home. And I did like Paige's analogy of as long as her family is together, doesn't matter physically where she is, that is home. I quite like that. And kind of made me feel a little bit better about it, actually. Paige is great. Check out her Better Travel podcast. Loads of guests. I think three seasons at the minute. And she's releasing new content as we speak. I implore you to check her work out. It's brilliant. 
Thanks, Paige, for coming on. Episode 91, Maliha Fayarouz. So Maliha has travelled to 97 countries. Before we start anything, that is insane. And she travelled them on a Bangladeshi passport, which is, as you hear in the podcast episode, very challenging. And right now, she's travelling to Africa to complete three more countries to get to 100. Huge milestone. That, for me, is definitely a milestone in the works. I think 100 is the aim. After that, we'll see. But 100, I do want to get to that three figures of travelling. That is a fantastic achievement. She's a Bangladeshi Muslim woman travelling solo. So we talk a bit about each of those different facets of travelling in the episode. And you really get a good idea of what it's like. It's not all good. It's pretty bad in some areas. Um, But I think it's a very honest conversation about how you travel. I won't say small minority, but less privileged, I'd say, than maybe like me, who's a white, straight male, speak English on a British passport. I mean, very big differences there. Um, So yeah, check that out. I employ to do that. Her attitude to traveling is brilliant. Like just getting out there, doesn't get down about it. Of course, she's got some stories and some experiences that are pretty bad, but she's used them positively to get out there and see the world and not let that get her down. And she's currently living in Germany as well. And if you follow her on social media, you get to see a bit of a candid social media account really about what it's like to live in Berlin, the good stuff, but also the challenging stuff that she has to deal with, which kind of links to what we talked about with her traveling to different countries. So another fantastic episode, very diverse episode. We tried to cover all different types of subjects and there's a bit of laughing there as well, a bit of humor. We got on really well. First time we met and it was brilliant to have that connection with someone. Right. Nimbin and Brunei. So Nimbin came up on my memories and I can't remember if I discussed it enough already, but Nimbin is the Halon Bay in Vietnam on land. So you've got Halon Bay in the water, boat, go around different like islands and amazing. You can do it on land at Nimbin as well. And if you get to Nimbin, which is just below Hanoi, you can pop in a boat, traipse around these different types of caves. And it's an amazing cave system. You can pop out of the boat, you can check out the cave, and then when you're done, pop back in. We shared the boat with two other people, so Michael and Marissa, who were on the podcast earlier this year. We met them in Vietnam on their bike trip, and Michael is six foot six or seven. He's pretty tall, and he does get a lot of comments out there because a lot of the Vietnamese women were quite short. And when we popped in the boat, I think she was quite surprised at how tall he was. And when you go through the caves, you do have to duck your head sometimes. It is quite close from the water to the edge of the cave. Like, you know, you don't want to hit your head on that. Our boat person behind us, she will row the boat around this cave system. You can sort of advise if we want to stop or not. And it's a really serene moment. Not the best weather. It was hot, but rainy, but an unbelievable journey. We kind of done like a day trip there. And then we done a little climb up to a viewpoint to look over the area which is fantastic but I just remember being super sweaty and hot but I loved the boat ride nice little breeze through the air and you can just go through each different caves and inside the cave is just amazing the way it looks and how vast it is so a brilliant trip a brilliant day tour to do so if you just get to Nimbin the town any hotel or hostel guest house they can arrange it for you they all go to the same place to get a boat so it's not like a, a unique tour in that sense everyone's going to the same place get that booked in have a day there you won't regret it i remember us meeting in the evening to discuss what a great day we had and had some great food with it too michael marissa we met them a few times along the road in vietnam in different places we didn't travel with them but we're going to the same places and as feasibly as we could we met up and caught up about each other's trips so that's pretty cool now brunei i was a guest on a podcast uh, last week actually talking about brunei 
And we did go there two nights, three days in 2017 when we went to Borneo. And it was never planned. We got to the hostel, talked to the guy who owned the hostel, this Chinese guy was like, oh, you want to do it? Yeah, I can tell you how to do it. Essentially what happens is you get there in Kotakinabalu and you need to get a boat which goes from Kotakinabalu port to another island called Lebuan and you do it out of Malaysia into Brunei there and you go to Brunei to the capital which is called Bandar Seri Bagawan. Bit of a mouthful there. The boat costs around $20. If you are a US, British, Canadian and a few others, I haven't researched them all. But if you're one of those passport holders, you do not need a visa. 90 days, you're allowed in. And also, they have on their website, Brunei, if you chuck in tourist visa to Brunei, and you go into the Brunei travel website, they have different categories, A, B, C, and D. If you're in category D, like US, Canada, UK, no visa required. So go to that website, check your country's passport in there, and see if you need to get one. No fee for that. I ride through, $20 on the boat one way, $20 back. It might even be a little bit cheaper than that, um, but roughly around the ballpark figure. And it takes a few hours to get there, not long indeed. And you arrive right into the town of Bagawan, well, the capital city, should I say. And we checked out a few things there. We had accommodation kind of a bit out of town. I think on reflection, we chose that because there's not actually that much if you're looking for a budget type of travel. And this Eastern European doctor built a house there um, with his Thai wife. And so my family were there as well. And they built this like, I don't know, seven, eight bedroom house. And he uses that as a hostel guest house type scenario. The only one problem is it's a bit out of town. So I would get a car if you can. If not, it's going to be one or two things, really. One, he did offer as part of staying there that any time we want to be dropped off into the capital city, the town, he would drop us off. And he did. But I think he got a little bit annoyed to the end because we want to keep going. So that's one way of doing it. And also he had to pick you up. So I would advise you get any some sort of SIM card or way to contact him via social media or via WhatsApp because I don't know how else you're going to do it. The second option is, which we've done once, is he wasn't available, but I was going to the city, obviously, and check out a few sites. So we got down to the main road. It's up the hill. We got down to the main road and sort of waited on the main road. And instantly, this guy pulled up in his car and asked where we're going. So we said, oh, Bandar, you know, go and check out some of the mosques and uh, the floating village. He said, I'll jump in. And there's three of us. There's me, my partner, Emma, and this Australian girl. And we jumped in. And this guy used to live in the UK, in Liverpool, for a couple of years. And he was just explaining that he's moved back here to Brunei. And we're asking him what it's like. And he said, oh, he loves it there. It's very safe. Uh, Lots of opportunity, lots of money to be made. And he was a very, very nice guy. No payment. Gave us a lift straight into the middle of the city. And just a super experience. And we, we saw his mum on the way as well. He said, yeah, it's quite a small place. You saw, Everyone sort of knows each other. And that was brilliant. So we got to go into the city by a little hitchhiking adventure. And we went to check out a few things. We went to the Brunei River to check out the floating island. I believe it's one of the oldest and biggest floating islands in the world where people still live on it. But weirdly, went to walk around. No one was about. I'm not sure if there was an event that day or... You know, it's midday, so I'm not sure what was going on. We saw hardly anyone. I think on a busy day, you might be able to like buy some like snacks and from the market and stuff. But we checked that out, and then back across the river, we went to the Omar Ali Cypherdom Mosque, which is a very, very impressive mosque in the middle of the town. And that is very gold-like, lots of gold. Looks impressive. You can't go in unless you're Muslim, obviously. There's a few of those dotting around the, the main city, and we went to that one because that's the most well-known. And it's so, so impressive. A super hot day. I remember us walking around and we couldn't wait to get an aircon and have some food and have a coffee. 
I've get I've been asked a few times about Brunei. Like it, it's got Sharia law. I mean, it has, but it's half Sharia law, half English law. So try and imagine what that's like. I mean, we had no problems. You just walk around, it's fine. Like you just be normal. Like there's nothing that we saw as a tourist. There is like a time at six six thirty p.m. where everything closes. Um, the only thing we did find it didn't close at that time was right next to our accommodation was like a little complex of shops and stuff that were run by foreigners and we went to a Thai restaurant two nights in a row. Uh, They were open late. But I think the locals in the city will close up. I'm not sure if you can go and see the Sultan and his palaces. I'm not sure if that's possible. That could be a site. I think we did look into it when we were there. It wasn't possible. It was closed for some reason. I imagine there's quite a few things to go and see. And there's quite a big, obviously, jungle rainforest aspect there if you want to do some day trips or a couple of nights over there. So overall, I would say you probably need two to five days. We had two nights and three days just walking around the city, really, just trying to get some local food, see the sites. But it's super hot, so bear that in mind. But pretty reasonable price. I think the hotels are expensive, though. That's why we went to that accommodation. And there's not a plethora when we went. There may be more now. So I would look into that if you're looking to accommodation. But yeah, very clean, shiny, quiet, safe. And would recommend going to Brunei if you're in Borneo. You can also fly Brunei Airlines. I think they're one of the best airlines in the world there. And also maybe as a trip on its own, maybe not. But if you're in Borneo, why not? And a lot of expats there as well. They work in the oil industry because they're one of the richest countries in the world. So that's a little bit about Nimbin and Brunei. Check it out. And I was going to finish with some solo travel tips for females. Of course, I'm not a female. So I would link you to a few episodes where I did discuss it in depth. So Maliha this week, check her episode out. We talk about that. Episode 70, Kate Wills, we touched on that too because she talks about female travellers of the past and present day as well and she gives her own experiences. Episode 81 with Vina Murley, she went travelling on her own, the ship, for six months and she's what, early 20s and an American Asian heritage. So that was a good conversation about that. Episode 84, Erin Hines, was a good episode. We talk a lot about privilege and female travel, all that. That was a brilliant episode to check that out with. And also episode 63, Angela Santos. I remember we talked about that when she went to India and some of the challenges that she faced there. But a few tips just to finish off. um, Keep your location active on your phone or device so people know where you are. Let someone know of your rough plans of that area or that country so they've got an idea where you might be if they can't find you. And just be mindful in certain situations in certain countries that you just need to be a bit more switched on if you're female, I think, by you know, going on your own to some places. Or I think that's across the board in normal life too, as well as travel, I believe. So unfortunately, that's the case. So they're the kind of three tips that I kind of remember. But if you want a female perspective on that, go and check out those episodes that I mentioned. So thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you have fun listening to this week's and last week's episodes. I think we're going to have a cracking end of the year for episodes. I've got so many lined up. I'm actually almost lined up until late Jan. I've got a few extra series coming. I've got the Greece series that I'm traveling solo in in December. That's going to be a podcast series. And hopefully attached to that, I get some local interviews. And also that'll push a few interviews out until January. And then we'll see where we are in the new year. So thank you so much. Keep rating and reviewing on your podcast platforms. I appreciate it. And I'll catch you on Monday as per usual. Cheers.